live from New York, or well, reported in New York. It's the Adobe and Teardrops podcast with your pal, Rachel Post, bringing you all of the alt-country, rock and roll, roots music, and more that I think sounds good. It's the Adobe and Teardrops podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 170 of Adobe and Teardrops. If you haven't listened before, don't stress. <laughs> I know there have been a lot of episodes, but in the past, it's been more of like an all songs considered style podcast. So if you like what you hear today, there's 169 episodes of more songs like it in the archive. But moving forward, each episode will focus on a theme. Imagine cocaine and rhinestones, but shorter. <laughs> also, there will be a transcript of this episode on the Adobe and Teardrops website, so click the link in the show notes to access it. As a note, I'm drawn from a Spotify playlist I made a few years ago, which I will link to in the show notes and the transcript. So before we get into the music, let's talk about anti-racism, then a little bit about me and why I care so much. First of all, uh, everyone should care about eradicating racism from our society. With that being said, anti-racism isn't simply a buzzword. For me, anti-racism is about more than simply making statements that racism is bad or talking about inclusion or diversity. These models often lead to cosmetic changes in a group or organization without actually getting to the roots of the issue. Why are there barriers for Black, Indigenous, people of color, or BIPOC, in the first place? This was the shortcomings of the politically correct, quote-unquote, culture of the 90s. And within that historical context, it made a certain amount of sense. I mean, we are still having vicious fights about school segregation all over this country in 2021. So the idea of representation does matter. But... Creating platforms for visibility isn't the same as eliminating gatekeeping or policies that are supposedly colorblind, but are anything but. And for white people like me, that means understanding our role in maintaining a social order that is implicitly and explicitly racist. But not just understanding our individual roles, also confronting racism in all of its forms wherever we go. When I started Adobe and Teardrops 10 years ago, I was in grad school for a social studies teaching degree. It's always been important to me to use history as a tool to understand ourselves and our possibilities. But I couldn't figure out how to reconcile that with my love for country music, especially because I'm a Jew, queer Jew, born and raised in New York City. In the past few years, the mainstream country music industry has been focused on bringing white women and black performers to the table. <laughs> LGBTQ plus singers, uh of all races, kind of still have a ways to go, as we saw this week with some douchebag in Tennessee refusing to recognize T.J. Osborne, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but the reason why it's been so hard for marginalized artists to get any traction in the mainstream country music industry is because there are so many supposedly color and gender-blind decisions that go into who gets played on the radio which is still more important for country music success than Spotify. I wrote about this a little bit 
with relation to the Academy of Country Music's awards on a website called The Boot. I'm indebted to Jada Watson's study, Redlining and Country Music, Representation in the Country Music Industry, 2000 to 2020, for that reporting. I've linked to both articles in the show notes and on the transcript, if you want to dig a little bit more into what I mean by those color and gender-blind decisions. Anyway, as marginalized artists gain visibility, it's also important to discuss what white accomplices, not allies, can do to transform country music from the inside. We need white role models, too. Since 2016, we've all heard dozens and dozens of protest songs, songs to remind us to love each other and express despair over hatred. Yeah, and how did we get here? The statements and songs like that aren't exactly risky, so in my opinion, they don't do much as protest songs. The songs I'm about to play can show us how to boldly examine how individuals who don't see themselves as racist have engaged in self-examination and committed to a new way forward. We're going to start our two-song set with M. Lockwood Porter's Charleston off his 2016 album How to Dream Again. Back in 2016, when Matt and I spoke, he pointed out that these songs came from what he was hearing when he was touring the country in 2014 and 2015, before the election. As always, there will be a link in the show notes and transcript. This was the first time I'd heard a white guy sing about something like this, and the song still stands out to me. So let's take a listen. I woke up yesterday and heard the news about the boy in Carolina. How he stayed for the whole Bible study, then brandished a gun. He killed everybody there except for one To leave a witness to recount The awful reasons for the bloody thing he'd done There's a part of my hometown that I was taught to never hang around in grade school Learn to draw conclusions from a glance upon a face How could I call him an isolated case? How could you say we've abolished all the hatred so embedded in our race? And there's a pale moon over Charleston tonight It's the same one that shone 200 years ago We're still living in its light And I know I barely understand And I know my skin is white But my father once told me the guy Who says that he's just standing by is no better than the one who starts the fight There's a hunger in the heartland And a rich man's war upon the poor is raging 
politician promises a change that never comes and warns the white man of the plot to take his crumbs and stokes an ancient bitter hatred as the hope we had just slackens and succumbs there's a darker side of history Pretend it's been forgiven or forgotten All the lies told to divide us By the color of our skin Have built the very empire we're still living in And we must pierce the myth's illusions Only then can we pay penance for our sins truck tonight It's the same that flew 150 years ago We're still fighting the same fight And I know I barely understand And I know my skin is white But my father once told me the guy That never questions how or why can't see the gap between what's wrong and right Tonight
That was Karen and the Sorrows with The Price of the Ticket from the band's 2017 album, The Narrow Place. The title of the song is taken from a James Baldwin essay, which reflects on how white culture harms people who are racialized as white in our society. And if you don't already know, Karen hosts a queer country show in New York City and has helped create the vibrant queer country community that we'll explore during Pride Month. She's also helped to create the group Country Music Against White Supremacy, which I'll talk about at the end of the show. As a queer Jewish New Yorker herself, (laughs) Karen's music has given me permission to enjoy country music and to demand more space within it for people like us. The price of the ticket deals specifically with Jewish assimilationism and what we've lost in that process. Well, we can't have a discussion of anti-racism in country music without Jason Isbell's White Man's World, which I feel like gained more attention for openly discussing sexism in Nashville than it did Isbell's frustration with himself for only taking up the cause when it directly impacted people around him. That takes a lot of guts. So let's give it a listen. I'm a white man living in a white man's world Under our roof is a baby girl I thought this world could be hers one day But her mama knew better I'm a white man living in a white man's town Take a shot of cocaine and burn it down Mama wants to change that Nashville sound But they're never gonna let her There's no such thing as someone else's war Your creature comforts are the only things worth fighting for Still breathing, it's not too late. We're all carrying one red bird, sharing one thing. I'm a white man living on a white man's street. I got the bones of the red man under my feet. The highway runs through the burial grounds. That's the oceans of.
station I think the man upstairs must have took a vacation I still have faith but I don't know why Maybe it's the fire in my little girl's eyes Maybe it's the fire in my little girl's eyes
take a stand Skipperdies, on the other hand, have no patience for liberal hand-wringing. I mean, damn. <laughs> right off the first two lines, they utterly demolished nostalgia for an older South. The Skipperdies are Catherine Bacchus, who performs under the name Catherine the Great, and her twin sister Emily. Catherine is another queer country singer and one of my favorites. Speaking of favorites, let's rip into Lee Baines 3 and the Glory Fire song Whitewash. It's originally from their 2017 album, Youth Detention, but those guys like to master their albums so you can't hear a thing they're saying. (laughs) So I'm using the version from Live at the Nick. Baines writes dense, epic Jeremiads and squeezes them into three minutes or less of blistering Southern rock. Whitewash is a little more mellow, but I think really speaks to this idea that white culture can feel like empty especially because so much of it is about hoovering things up from other people and pretending it was ours in the first place. Then we sat the fluorescent halos The tiny flowery redemption of sharecroppers and miners and slaves Off up to our class Beneath the TV, the flag and the cross Pigeon Valley twangs and draws birthmarks to be scrubbed away. other folks You might say my book Set in the boutiques Of some branch burrow In the sterile phantom 
underneath the generals on that rebel mountainside. Those laser light shows where I was bursting from kissing. I didn't know nothing about the black kids that were missing. And we close the set with Amy Ray's Didn't Know a Damn Thing from her most recent solo album, Holler. As you probably know, Amy Ray is one half of the Indigo Girls. Patreon subscribers, stick around for an extra set of music. But for everyone else, let's wind it down. If you want to get involved with creating change and you have a position in the country music industry, check out Country Music Against White Supremacy and take the Change Country Pledge. If you're a fan with the means, Definitely donate to Reese Palmer's Color Me Country Fund, which gives BIPOC artists grants to further their careers. There are links to both in the show notes and transcript. If you have more songs you'd like to recommend for me to put in the Spotify playlist, just let me know. <laughs> As you heard, Patreon subscribers are going to be treated to another set. Sign up to the Patreon to get this podcast early, get extra music, and vote on upcoming episodes and songs. You can also support the podcast by chipping into the Kofi or picking up some of the merch designed by Will Bennett on the website. To send me music, do that through SubmitHub. Most songs sent through SubmitHub will be posted on the blog rather than the podcast now. And you can find me by checking out the link tree in the show notes. On next week's episode, we'll keep it a little lighter with some contemporary classics. The month of May is gifting us with a bunch of honky-tonk albums, so I'll discuss my favorites and preview some upcoming albums. Thanks for listening. Music we trust and music we believe. All original content is copyright Adobe and Teardrops. All original music is copywritten by their respective artists.